Welcome to the Real Estate Guys radio program. I'm your host, Robert Helms. You have questions, and today we have answers because our guest is you. It's Ask the Guys, your great real estate questions and our attempt to answer them. And we have a special in-studio guest today on the Real Estate Guys radio program. Real Estate Guys are throwing a party and you're invited. Join Russ and I at the New Orleans Investment Conference, November 1st through 4th. Now in its 44th year, it's the nation's longest-running investment conference and features some of the biggest names in economics and investing, including Robert Kiyosaki, James Grant, Doug Casey, Dennis Garman, Peter Schiff, and lots more. The Real Estate Guys are speaking in three different sessions, attending lots of others, and we're hosting a hospitality suite one of the evenings for our friends and listeners, including some VIPs for you to mingle with. So make plans today to join the Real Estate Guys at the New Orleans Investment Conference. With everything going on in the world, no serious investor can afford to miss it. Send an email to neworleans at realestateguysradio.com and we'll get you all the details. That's neworleans at realestateguysradio.com and we'll see you in New Orleans. Have you decided to invest in real estate but find you don't have the time to evaluate your options? Successful real estate investing takes expertise, market knowledge, and time. Many affluent investors with busy schedules choose to rely on real estate experts. They partner with proven teams with a successful track record. Four Peaks Capital Partners have created a system which allows accredited investors an opportunity to invest in undervalued assets. If you're an accredited investor looking for passive income, call 877-5-INCOME. That's 877-5-INCOME or visit Private Income investments.com. Welcome to the Real Estate Guys radio program. I'm your host, Robert Helms. With me as usual, it is our financial strategist and co-host, Russell Gray. Hey, Robert. And joining us on this week's edition of the Real Estate Guys radio program, the man we call the godfather of real estate. He's been investing in seven different decades. Bob Helms. Robert, Russ, great to be with you today. Well, we wanted to get you on the program because it's been a while, but also because today is Ask the Guys. We've got a bunch of questions. And as I looked at these questions, several of them are going to require your expertise, Bob. So Bob's been a real estate broker for years years and years and years, has been owning investment property for years and years, even more years than uh, brokering properties. So got a bunch of great questions today. Here's the only caveats. We are not tax advisors or legal professionals. We don't give advice. What we give is ideas and information for you to go check out with your professionals. So with that out of the way, here's Ask the Guys for today. Our first question comes from Susan from New Hope, Pennsylvania. She says, hey guys, how about an overview of investment opportunities that are open to non-accredited investors? Well, gosh, Susan, that is a great question. You know, not everybody even understands the difference. So most real estate is owned by individuals, but most big real estate is owned by groups or syndicates. And we talk a lot on this program about syndication because we think it's a great opportunity for folks to passively invest with proven syndicators as well as a way to raise money to do bigger deals. And so the accreditation part is actually a legal requirement. Yeah, it's incumbent upon the person who's making the offering to make sure that they're compliant with the offering regulations of the Securities and Exchange Commission. Basically, a accredited investor is somebody who has a net worth outside of their personal residence of over a million dollars 
or they have an annual income of $200,000 a year as an individual for the last two years with a reasonable expectancy of doing it again in the following year, or if they're married, a $300,000 income, same thing, past two years with the reasonable expectancy of going forward. So the idea is that someone like that, an accredited investor in the eyes of the Security and Exchange Commission, and this actually is pretty consistent in other countries as well, but in the U.S., those are the rules. You have to check with uh, your legal counsel in, in other countries, but someone Someone who's reached that level of financial aptitude can make their own decisions and there are certain investments that they are the only ones allowed in and that's accredited. And so your question is, what if I'm not accredited yet? What if I don't have a million dollars net worth outside my residence? What if I don't make that kind of money? Well, there's still lots of things and probably the most obvious thing you can still invest in is an individual deeded property. Yeah. So there's individual properties, and you can still do that as a group through a thing called a tenant in common ownership, a tick. And uh, there's even some legalities there. If you're putting together a tick, you should still consult with your securities attorney because if you structure it where you have all the control and your investors have no control, it could be considered a security. So you need to be careful about that. Uh, but individual properties, for sure, the way to do it, you can certainly put together. If you're the sponsor, if you're the person doing it yourself, organize the syndication, if you will, then you don't need to be accredited to do that because you're a principal, you're in control. The, the purpose of the regulations is to make sure that somebody who's passively investing has the sophistication or the financial wherewithal to take the risk, which brings up a different topic because when you're not accredited, there are some exemptions and they have to do with being sophisticated and if you have a prior relationship. So if you uh, have a relationship with somebody who's putting the deal together, you know them, your friends, or you have some some association with them that is goes back a ways. You know who you're doing business with. It's not somebody cold calling you, you know, from some boiler room somewhere. And you have the sophistication to understand what you're investing in. Even if you're not accredited, that's an exemption under the securities law. We just call it the B exemption to reg B, like boy. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's 506B versus 506C or the even 506A, but but the B exemption means that a sponsor, the person putting together the deal, leading the deal, that person can typically take up to 35 non-accredited investors. Generally, an unlimited amount of accredited investors, but up to 35. And for most real estate deals, that's probably enough. On the other side of it is, if you are in some sort of, we'll call it a partnership, but as Russ mentioned, the technical part of the tenant in common ownership, but there's other ways you can take title to property, as long as what you're taking is title to an actual property, a real asset, then there are some ways for non-accredited to play there. Yeah, Susan, your question's a great one because the average beginning investor is not an accredited investor. Generally, these are people who are getting started. So what are the opportunities for you? Well, they're frankly very wide open. The typical investor who begins usually begins with a condo, a single family home. It might be slightly bigger. Robert's first investment property was a duplex. Many of us have started at that area, and those opportunities are all available to you. Now, one of the things that happens to those who are not accredited is they probably are also not educated yet. So it's urgently important. Take the real estate guy's motto, education for effective action. Before you take action, buying anything, 
you need to get educated. So that really speaks to this concept of sophistication. So, you know, to get back to the core question is like, what's available to you? Obviously, individual properties. Uh, if you are sophisticated and you have relationships with people who are putting things together, then you can get involved in their private placements that are non-publicly tr- traded securities that are related to real estate. You could go into a publicly traded security in real estate, like a REIT, a real estate investment trust. Anything that is a publicly registered security, you can buy, just like a stock. Uh, related to real estate. Now, we're not necessarily saying that would be the best thing to do. You have to look into that. But in terms of what's available to you, that is another thing that's out there that's gotten to be popular, crowdfunding sites. These are basically sites where uh, smaller investors can come in and purchase a small piece of a deal and be part of the crowd. So it's kind of like buying a a publicly traded security, but it may or may not be publicly traded uh, in in the normal sense of like being on the stock market uh, exchanges like a REIT would be, but you can still get involved in it. So there's there's a lot of things to Bob's point that are available available to you. I think the fundamental thing that Bob said, which is a thousand percent true, is that it really all starts with being educated and understanding what it is you're buying. And I also think it's important, even if it's a, a publicly registered security, that you know who you're doing business with. Yeah. You know, something like buying a little single family house. I mean, you can get a loan on it and some of the best loans in real estate are in single family homes. So we're not saying you have to start there, but many people do. And that can be something you can do on your own. You certainly don't have to be accredited to do that. You can probably make a private loan on a property rather than own the property itself. You might be the person that wants to make the loan. Now, speaking of education, you better get educated about valuation, loan to value, how the collateral is leaned and charged and all that. So there's always something to learn. But the vast majority of opportunities in real estate are open to non-accredited investors. So great question. Susan, if you have a question for the guys, just go to the website at Real Estate Guys Radio and click Ask the Guys. This one comes from Michael in Richardson, Texas, and it's a related question, so I put it second. He says, hey, if a small group of people from a partnership or an LLC purchase a real estate deal, when does it become a syndication? Is it based on the number of people in the deal, the amount of money, or some other factor? Well, that's a great question too, Michael, and it's kind of related. We've touched on some of it, but a syndication is a concept of putting money together from a group of individuals. Say five of us are buddies. We've been buddies a long time. We find a great real estate opportunity. We just want to throw 50 grand in the hat and and it's a $250,000 investment and we buy it. Is that a security? Well, it depends. Yeah, so a syndication is just a group of people putting their money together. So the minute a group of people put their money together, it's a syndication. As far as it being a security, to the person who's investing passively, they're putting their money in and someone else is in control of the investment, the investment decisions. That's what makes it a security. So you can structure it in such a way that all the partners have a vote and now they have control and you might be able to make the argument it's not a security. Now, we're not here to give you legal advice. When you get to the point where you're putting one of these things together, it's cheap insurance to go hire a real estate attorney or a securities attorney to help you understand if what you're doing uh, is subject to any of these securities regulations so that you can be sure that you've properly papered and documented your deal, which you should do anyway. Uh, If you're putting together a limited liability company, you want to make sure when you're offering membership shares uh, to any investor, uh, even if they have a position in the company where 
they get to have voting rights, uh, at this, you still want to make sure you have an attorney involved. I, I don't recommend you go get, you know, download, do it yourself, form an LLC. I, I don't think that's a, a smart thing to do. But anyway, the, the, the main principle there is that if the if any investor in it is passive, where they don't get control or have a vote, uh, then that would generally be considered a security. So if you're interested in this whole topic, either how to invest passively in somebody else's syndication or how to put together a bigger deal, then come on out to the Secrets of Successful Syndication. We'll do that uh, twice next year. So you'll find the information on our website at realestateguysradio.com. It's Ask the Guys, your questions, our answers. This next question comes from Betty in Littleton, Colorado. Betty says, my husband's parents are trying to decide if they should fix the foundation issues on their home versus selling it as is. In general, with any repairs and or updates when selling, what's the best rule of thumb? Thank you. All right, Betty. Well, thank you for the great question. As is, is a topic that Bob, the Godfather Helms, has some thoughts about. Yeah, I surely do. It's a great question, by the way, because these things come up all the time. Let's talk about what as is does. Does as if give you a free ride if there's a problem? Not necessarily. In the business, we say as is means as disclosed. So the seller of a property has a requirement to tell the buyer of the property what they know about it. Do they have to tell them everything? It would be smart to tell them everything that's important, everything that could be an issue for them, things that have health concerns, things that have safety concerns. So a foundation isn't just a cosmetic problem. If you're suddenly getting cracks in the walls, what you really need to do is get a a report probably from a soils engineer or from a specialist who can tell you what the nature of the problem is, what it would take to fix it, what's involved. Now, let me stop you there for a minute, Bob, because this is a critical point. None of us are smart enough to look at a foundation and decide whether or not it's good or bad. That's why you bring an expert in. But to your point, in the United States of America, a seller of real estate has to disclose the material facts and anything they know. The broker has to disclose anything they know or should have known. So you hire a real estate agent. And if you have that inspection report, that becomes a material fact. You've got to give that to the buyer. So if you hire a foundation expert that says this whole thing has got to get fixed and it's going to be 30 grand, then guess what? Either you pay the 30 grand and fix the foundation or you discount your price because the buyer is going to know about it. And the buyer is going to get that report if you haven't provided it because they can certainly see what it's about. First of all, the classic way we do it is we start with a home inspection. This is somebody that's generally a licensed contractor who has experience in the building process, who also knows how to write a report that's definitive. So we get a report. We typically, if you're buying a single family home, it's gonna be your residence. We, we wanna know what the condition of the property is. We're probably gonna get a termite or pest inspection report. But when we get that home inspection report, it's gonna tell us what the scope is, what kind of problems exist, and the next step may be to go to a specialized report 
like a foundation inspection. Yeah, you know, the thing about as is, is it's partly market dependent. If you're in a strong market and stuff is selling all the time to multiple offers in a few days, then if you choose to, you can sell as is and there'll probably will be a buyer who will take it as is. They're going to want some sort of discount for whatever the lack of, of proper condition is. But in a strong market, you can get away with that. In a buyer's market, then more often you will have to do the work. And it's just a matter of sitting down with your real estate professional and getting their opinion, getting whatever professional inspections you think are needed or they can recommend. And then you make the best decision at the time. So having said that, I don't think there is a rule of thumb. We've certainly been involved in transactions. And Bob, you've brokered hundreds and hundreds of transactions, some as is some not. Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with as is, but just remember as is means as disclosed. Well, who's disclosing? First of all, the seller has an obligation to disclose, but all the reports that you get to tell you what the real condition is are considered disclosures. Thanks for that great question, Betty. It's Ask the Guys today. Your questions are answers. We'll have more when we come back. You're tuned to the Real Estate Guys radio program. I'm your host, Robert Evans. Live nationwide, you're listening to The Real Estate Guys. Find out more at realestateguysradio.com. All aboard. Registration is now open for The Real Estate Guys 17th Annual Investor Summit. Imagine spending nine days with like-minded investors, world-class educators, and real-world professionals. Returning in 2019 are sales legend Tom Hopkins, international developer Beth Clifford, authors of Prosper, Chris Martinson and Adam Taggart, and the author of The Creature from Jekyll Island, G. Edward Griffin. Also back is the editor of the Gold Newsletter, Brian London, and Jim Rohn's 18-year business partner, Kyle Wilson. And joining us live and in person for his seventh investor summit in a row, Peter Schiff. Plus, lots more to be announced. It all begins March 15th, 2019 in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Visit realestateguysradio.com and click the tab that says Summit to learn more and reserve your spot. This transformational week is like no conference you've ever attended. Go to realestateguysradio.com and click Summit and make plans to spend a week with the Real Estate Guys and an all-star faculty on the 17th Annual Investors Summit at Sea. If you love real estate and have always wanted to own your own business, listen up. The Real Estate Guys and their panel of experts want to teach you how to go full-time fast in the real estate syndication business. These next few years may go down in history as one of the best times ever to acquire investment real estate. There are deals everywhere if you know where to look and how to assemble the resources. The Secrets of Successful Syndication Seminar will show you how to make big money doing big deals from a team of experts that have syndicated projects totaling more than $1 billion. Don't wait for someone to give you a raise or create a job for you. Attend the secrets of successful syndication and learn how to build a team, raise capital, find deals, and make full-time money in six months or less. Go to realestateguysradio.com and click on events. All the big players use syndication as a way to diversify risk, optimize profits, and earn big money. You can too. Go to realestateguysradio.com and click on events. Hey, it's Ken McElroy. I listen to The Real Estate Guys, and so should you. Welcome back to The Real Estate Guys radio program. Thanks for tuning into the program. Hey, come on out and hang out with The Real Estate Guys, the New Orleans Investment Conference. It happens the first week in November. It's an awesome conference. In fact, the longest-running investment conference in the U.S., and we go every year. You can get all the details by sending an email to neworleans at realestateguysradio.com. Not only will you learn a ton and meet some great speakers, 
but you'll get invited to the Real Estate Guys Suite Party one of the nights in New Orleans, and that is probably worth the price of admission. It's Ask the Guys Today, your questions and our answers. Some great questions today, by the way. This question comes from Daniel in Garden Grove, California. He says, hey guys, I just wanted to say that I love the show. It has become my favorite podcast by far, and I look forward to every new episode. Okay, just a quick aside here. When you are flattering us like that, there's an excellent chance that your question will be read. So thank you for that, Daniel. We appreciate it. Uh, he says, my question is this. How do I find a larger deal to invest capital into as a learning endeavor? I've heard many people say that putting capital into a large deal, a partnership or syndication, is a means of making a return. But also for me, it'd be a way to learn to do larger deals, and that can be a way to grow beyond the typical SFR investment, single-family residence. I have access to between $100,000 and $200,000, and I would love to learn how to find deals to partner in as a means of learning. I also have to add that I'm not an accredited investor, so that's another obstacle I need to overcome. Thanks, Danny. Well, Danny, a timely question because we just talked about the accredited side. There are definitely syndications where you could invest $100,000 or $200,000 into where you're not accredited. I will say this. The syndicator, the promoter, the lead person putting it together, it is incumbent upon them, as Russ said earlier, to make sure that you have the financial wherewithal and the sophistication. So getting educated is great, but also... Part of what we do as syndicators is make sure that nobody's putting too much of their liquid capital or their net worth in any one deal. So if you're not accredited, you're not worth a million dollars, and you have 200000 few syndicators are going to take all 200000 Unscrupulous ones might, but so that's that's the first thing. You might, if you had access to one hundred to 200000 maybe 50000 would be a prudent amount to put in a particular syndication. But having said that, how do you find folks that are doing this? You know, we just spoke at Brad Sumrock's uh, conference a few weeks back, and, and uh, that was amazing. It is his first national apartment conference, and this is one of the things we talked about is how do you find deals as a passive investor? Because we say you have to bet on the jockey and you have to bet on the horse. Right. The horse would be the, the property, the deal, whatever the deal is. The jockey is the person putting it together. And we've seen where you have two people who are doing essentially the same deal and one one performs and one doesn't. The difference was the person who was running it. Yep. So you need to make sure that you understand that. It's always important to know who you're doing business with. But as far as actually finding these kind of deals, again, this is a relationship business. We've said this a thousand million times on this show over the last 20 some odd years. Uh, and that's why we put together these networking events. We put together places and we encourage people, not just ours, but we, you know, we tend other people's events for this exact same reason. You know, people look at us and they go, gosh, you guys have so much deal flow and you're so hyper-connected. Yes, we work very very hard at that. We work hard at building a brand and building a network and having people who know who we are and getting out there and meeting people and getting connected and seeing what kind of different deals are going on. We, we listen to a lot of different teachers. We go to seminars and workshops. We find out do people really know what they're talking about. And of course, we, we ask around. We find out are these people just talking the talk or do they actually walk the walk? So we go through all of that. And most of those things are available to you as well. So the first thing I'd encourage you to do is just get out there and start networking working, go to places where investors who are putting deals together are, then pick out niches that you think are interesting. If you've got a particular niche you're interested in, I'm going to encourage Robert here in just a second to tell the story about how he got started. His very first syndication investment was as a passive, and then it eventually led him into becoming a real estate developer. Uh, and it was a learning experience. But you know, with a $200,000 portfolio, you could probably do $50,000, maybe in three, or maybe even four different deals, different kinds of deals with different sponsors so that you have a chance to see what they're doing, how it works, how they perform, and you're not overly exposed to 
to any one deal. Now, what I will add, and I'll tell you my story as part of it, is make sure if your purpose, Danny, is is you want to learn, make sure you find a jockey, a syndicator who's open to that. Because a lot of folks in syndication do not ever want to hear from you once you've written the check. I mean, they're friendly and they're nice, but they're like, hey, you're busy living your life. I'm busy doing this deal. I'll send you a quarterly report, or sometimes just an annual report. I'm, I'm not letting you hang out and look over my shoulder. Having said that, my first investment was a modest investment, about $50,000 into an awesome development that led down an amazing path. And it was because there was a syndicator who would allow me to look over his shoulder. I went to him and said, hey, I'm really interested in this space. And he invited me along to city council meetings and team planning meetings and charrettes they did. And I was just a fly on the wall and I would sit there and listen. And there's a longer part of that story. You can come out and hear it, the secrets of successful syndication. But the bottom line is I was exactly where you were, Danny. I wanted to invest. I wanted to make the return. But I was more active in my thinking and what my long-term game was learning the business. This guy understood that, and we had a great partnership for years and years. I'm telling you, not to be too controversial, but I'll tell you, if I had a choice between spending $200,000 on a college education or going through this, I would do this. One thing that the real estate guys emphasize in their secrets of successful syndication, what we find is the people who attend that seminar about 20 to 25% of them classically are coming not to learn to do deals, not to learn to become a syndicator, but to learn how to vet a syndicator and to do exactly what you're trying to do. How do I select somebody who has the correct amount of experience, the right amount of energy, who has put together a deal that appears to make sense from, from a numbers point of view? And I want to know something about that person. I want to know what their track record is. I want to know if that syndicator is investing in this deal himself. How does he feel about it? So if I'm trying to learn what the opportunities are, I want to learn about that syndicator, what they bring to the table, and what they're telling me is my best opportunity. You know, Bob, one thing that you're saying that just makes a ton of sense, and I, I want to point this out, is that you've got to consider the type of person that actually is going to educational events. There are a lot of people that go to networking events so they can do deals, and there's just a, it's a pitch fest, and there's nothing wrong with that, you know, and, and I don't mean a pitch fest like run to the back of the room and buy this expensive education program, but it's people all getting together and people getting in the front of the room and going, here's my deal, here's my deal, here's my deal. And and so there's networking events that are like that. But when you when you find someone who's going to a professional development, when they're working on themselves so they can be better, when they're, when they're part of an, a professional association of whatever it is, you know, let's say you're interested in multifamily and you go to somebody who's attending a multifamily conference where they're about learning and studying the markets and where are the best deals and how to do their job better on behalf of their investors, the probability of you finding a sponsor to invest with that is really diligent and cares about what they're doing is higher than if you're just going to a place where everybody's just pitching deals at each other. So I'm, I'm not saying that, that one is bad, but I'm just saying that I think one is better. And I think it makes a lot more sense to go where people are working on themselves at being the best they can be to do a better job for you. So great question, Danny. Thanks for that. Our next question is a little bit related to this comes from Bill in Northbrook, Illinois. He says, hey guys, are there any passive income opportunities to invest in residential assisted living or Airbnb type investments? These could be syndicated deals or direct investments. 
by the way, I really appreciated your strategic real asset investing presentation. And he goes on about that. That's a presentation that is a bonus for the Future of Money and Wealth video series. So if you're interested in that, send an email to future at realestateguysradio.com. That's a quick aside. So uh, excellent, excellent question, Bill. This is a very specific question about the types of investments you're interested in, which is residential assisted living or Airbnb. The short answer is yes, there are many specific opportunities. In fact, if you listen to our show for any length of time, you'll probably hear us talk about or interview Gene Garino. Gene Garino is probably the premier educator on residential assisted living. He's trained thousands of people and hundreds of our students on this very thing. And some of the people that come to Gene's training are interested in being syndicators putting together the deals like Bob was talking about. But many are just interested in the space. How do I invest? And why he doesn't exactly have a matchmaking situation, you get to one of his events and you do meet a lot of people who are active in this space. Yeah, I'll talk a little bit about that because I tend to go to most of his trainings. I uh, really enjoy them. I enjoy Gene. So he invites me to come out and do a little bit talk uh, at each one of his fast track trainings. And so if you're interested in that, you can send an email to ALF, A-L-F, like Assisted Living Facilities, ALF at realestateguysradio.com. And you can get plugged into Gene Garino and all the great things he's doing. Uh, but the residential assisted living space just makes a lot of sense right now, demographically, financially. There's just a lot of reasons to like it. Uh, and so getting plugged into Gene and what he's doing is a great place to find uh, opportunities on either side, whether it's an operator, an investor, uh, or somebody who's just wanting to get involved in education. So the other thing on the Airbnb thing, I want to make a little comment on that. This is a space we've been paying attention to, but we haven't really embraced yet. And and I'll tell you why. It Part of it is because we haven't quite met the right person, and it always comes down to having the right person. But the other part of it is it's really kind of new, and there is a little bit of uh, legal resistance, you know, and so it's it, it can be a little little bit sketchy space. And so I'm not saying that I wouldn't do it. I'm not saying that it's dangerous. I'm just saying that it isn't as well proven or well established legally. And there's some resistance to it by the hotel community, much as the way that taxi association has resisted Uber and, and Lyft. When you're investing, you just need to understand those issues. And so for us, the way we figure out spaces is we go find somebody that is expert in that space. And we just haven't met that person in the Airbnb side yet. Now, we do have some friends that own one or two rental units and they put them in Airbnb. But I tell you, we haven't met anybody crushing it. And we've met quite a few people that it hasn't gone very well for. And I don't know why that is exactly. I think part of it is like if we could find the Gene Garino of this space, that would be awesome. So if you're out there, you know, send us an email to guys at realestateguysradio.com and let us know. But don't try to pull the wool over our eyes because we're going to check and bet you out, right? But I mean, Gene's amazing. Gene does this. He owns these units. He takes students on tours of his actual properties. He's introduced dozens and dozens of these types of opportunities. And he's been a proven commodity. In this space, you're right, Russ. I just can't you know, put my finger on someone that's really doing it right. The folks that we know that are doing it are having, frankly, as many challenges as are they as they are having success. Well, there's a lot of people selling education about how to do it, but in terms of actually people doing it successfully, you know, again, and we're not saying they aren't, we're just saying we haven't seen them yet. So we're we're still looking. So great question. We've got more of your questions when we come back, and we're gonna ask you a question as we play real estate trivia next. You're tuned to the Real Estate Guys radio program. I'm your host, Robert Helms. Real estate investment advice right in your mailbox. Sign up for the free Real Estate Guys newsletter at realestateguysradio.com. Are you achieving everything you want in life? 
What if there was a time-tested way for you to get everything you've ever dreamed of? The most successful people in life set goals and keep themselves accountable for their achievement. But how? The good news is that it's not rocket science. You too can learn the skills and unleash the motivation that will create success in your life. And now is the time. Hi, this is Robert Helms, and I'd like to personally invite you to attend Create Your Future, the 2019 Goals Retreat, January 18th to 20th in beautiful Lake Las Vegas, Nevada. This unique weekend event has been called phenomenal, inspirational, and life-changing by the hundreds of people that have attended. Find out more at realestateguysradio.com under events or call 888-489-7723, extension 18. Get your life back on track, physically, spiritually, and financially. Attend the 2019 Goals Retreat on the third weekend of the new year. Click events at realestateguysradio.com to register. This is no dress rehearsal. Live the life you were meant to. Visit realestateguysradio.com or call 888-489-7723, extension 18, today. Hi, this is Patrick Donahoe, CEO of Paradigm Life. Wall Street and banks spend billions of dollars per year in advertising with the goal to convince you that they are the solution. But take a look around. None of their advice has worked. If you're listening to this, odds are pretty good that you're already a real estate investor or at least becoming one. So why do you do it? Is it to hedge inflation, the tax benefits, or maybe it's to get your money away from Wall Street? It's because of these benefits and so many more that I created the Real Estate Investor's Guide to the Perpetual Wealth Strategy. When you combine successful real estate investing with the Perpetual Wealth Strategy, you have the recipe for what has helped the wealthy to establish their financial well-being for decades. You can download the Real Estate Investor's Guide to the Perpetual Wealth Strategy today by clicking the Resources tab on the Real Estate Guys Radio homepage. Don't wait. Go download it now. Hi, this is Steve Forbes. You're listening to The Real Estate Guys. Have fun. You'll learn something. Welcome back to The Real Estate Guys radio show. Thanks for tuning into the program. We're glad that you're here. It's Ask the Guys. Your questions are answers. It's time to get signed up for the 2019 Investor Summit at Sea. We've got great cabins available and amazing faculty and more people being added every month. You can get all the details on our website at realestateguysradio.com. Click the button that says Summit. Before we get back to Ask the Guys, it's time for us to ask you a question as we play our weekly edition of Real Estate Trivia. In just a moment, I'm going to ask you a trivia question that has something to do with real estate. And when you know the answer or want to take a guess, you can send us your best guess to trivia at realestateguysradio.com. Include your name, the answer to the question, and your mailing address. Because if you're the winner, we're going to send you an amazing book called Life-Defining Moments from Bold Thought Leaders, a collection of fantastic stories that will inspire you to greatness. That can be yours if you know today's real estate trivia question. Last week on the program, we were talking about finding markets that make sense, and we focused a bit on the market of Cleveland, Ohio. Here's our trivia question. Which common snack food was first mass-produced in Cleveland? Well, the answer is potato chips. Yeah, the first place that potato chips were mass-produced was in Cleveland, Ohio. Here's our real estate trivia question for this week. Which continent is the smallest? Yeah, of all the continents on Earth, and there aren't that many, one of them is the biggest, one is the smallest. Which one is the smallest? If you know, or just have a really good guess, 
Send your best answer to trivia at realestateguysradio.com. Trivia at realestateguysradio.com. Include your name, the answer to the question, your physical mailing address, because if you're the winner, we're going to send you life-defining moments from bold thought leaders. That's today's real estate trivia question. It's Ask the Guys. Your questions are answers. Lots of good questions today. If you have one for the Real Estate Guys, go to realestateguysradio.com and click on the tab that says Ask the Guys and fire away. This is from Ellie in Seattle, Washington. Hi, I just listened to a show where you mentioned a new book by Bob Helms, something like Be in the Top 1%, and I am not able to find it on Amazon. Can you tell me more? Well, Ellie, we've got The Godfather right here, and uh, Bob, you've just released your brand new book. Thanks, Ellie, for the question. Yes, I have, and uh, it's interesting. I should have written this book many years ago because nothing has changed in all the years I've been doing this business with respect to why there was a reason to write the book. The book has been published, but it hasn't been promoted very much yet. So that's why you don't know about it. Yeah, we're about to do a big uh, promotion and uh, Bob's publishers on top of that, but it is actually available. And uh, we'll tell you how to get it in a second because we've got a really easy way for you to find it. But before we go there, Bob, just give us the big picture on uh, the book and, and uh, you know why you thought the need was there and who it really is targeted to. So Ali, the basic reason I wrote this book is because in the investor space, there are very few real estate agents who are qualified to help investors, almost none. And that's not because they're bad people or they're not interested. They just don't know how to get it. They have no role models. They have nobody teaching them how to do this. So the purpose of the book was to get the attention of realtors to show them that with a little bit of effort, they could learn to serve investors, learn to what we call speak income, and triple their earnings at the minimum, and much more importantly, learn to become investors so they could provide a great lifestyle and a personal retirement. Yeah, if you're a real estate agent and uh, you're what we affectionately call a house mouse, that's somebody who's listing and selling houses to people that live in them, that's an awesome vocation and you can make a lot of money. And uh, many folks who do that invest their money into stocks and bonds and gold and things. Real estate is probably the best, uh, arguably the best product in the world, and you're the wholesale purveyor of it. So uh, that's really the, the whole idea. If you're an agent, this is a way to really think differently about who your client is and how you serve them. Yeah, I'm going to chime in real quick because I think this is important. You know, right now we're in a situation where Lawrence Yoon is coming out saying there's a housing shortage. Builders aren't building and, you know, its sales are dropping. There could be affordability issues with interest rates rising. And so here's the thing. When people can't afford to buy houses, they rent. And so there's always an opportunity in rental property. And I come from the mortgage side of things. But, you know, as a realtor, if you're out there and you want to have an ability to do more transactions to be able to serve people, you have to understand how to speak the language they're interested in. And to Bob's point, that's understanding the math. How do you speak income? How do you show return on investment? Bob's book teaches you how to do that. If I'm a mortgage broker out there and I'm looking at rising rates and declining refinances and less purchase volume, I'm thinking, you know, where can I go to continue to generate business? Investors. Investors will borrow in a rising interest rate environment as long as they can make money on the spread. So if you know how to look at a property and say, hey, if you buy this property, it's a 10% cash on cash and your money is only going to cost you 6%, I'm going to borrow 6% on money all day long, even if last year I could borrow it at five. It doesn't matter to me. And if I'm on the mortgage side and I want to have a great relationship with a realtor, I would buy this book and then I would train myself to be the finance person so I can add that financial component 
to the realtor's business and help them explain to the investors how it works because it's going to be loan business for me. In fact, that's how I started my relationship with Bob and Robert Helms. I owned a mortgage company. I decided I wanted to work with investors. I became a financial strategist and learned a creative use of equity and how to manage equity and cash flow. Partnered with them because they were very interested in teaching people how to purchase investment property. And here we are all these years later, right? I'm not in the mortgage business anymore, but if I was in the mortgage business today, I would buy this book and I would get out there and I would start educating my realtors on how they can grow their business and I can help them fund that. So pick the book up. Let me tell you how you can get it. We set up an autoresponder for you. Just send an email to 1%, 1% at realestateguysradio.com, 1% at realestateguysradio.com, and we will reply to you with a link so you can purchase this book, as many copies as you need, and go out there and build your business. If you're a real estate agent, you have to wait for someone to need to sell their house. The typical homeowner sells every four to seven years. If you instead cater to real estate investors, they'll buy a house a year, a house every month. I mean, it's a whole different ballgame. And the side benefit is you'll probably get the bug and start investing in your own portfolio. And before you knew it, you won't need to sell real estate for a living unless you just want to. An important point, it's not hard. You simply, like everything else that's new, have to learn what the skills are. You don't have to quit selling houses. Leave that part of your business intact and add the element of serving investors. All right, thanks, Ellie. It's Ask the Guys. Your questions are answers. This question comes from John in San Antonio, Texas. He says, hey, guys, an associate of mine recently mentioned that you guys might be doing a convention in Belize discussing investment properties there. Can you give me any details? Well, it's actually not a convention that we do in Belize, but three or four times a year, we do what we call our Belize discovery trip. It's a field trip, and a field trip with the real estate guys means we go into a market, we learn about the market, we learn about the sustainable drivers, we look at all kinds of different properties, we understand what the economy is like and where the puck may be going, and this is a market we love. We've been doing this field trip for 13 years in Belize, and uh, it's extraordinary. Yeah, it is, and I think even if you're not interested in offshore and, and I totally get that because when, when I first started with Robert, I, I just, the idea of investing outside my own neighborhood was scary to me. And then we ended up going across state and then pretty soon we were going across country and pretty soon we were going international. And I just realized that the basics of doing a market analysis are really always the same. It's a study of supply and demand. And so we started going down to Belize because we were interested in diversifying offshore. I'd heard some good things about Belize and we won't go into all the details about how we ended up there. But... Anyway, it turned out to be a fascinating market. And so if you come on this trip with Robert, what he'll do is he'll explain to you how to look at a market through the eyes of a market analyst looking at supply and demand. Of course, this is specific to resort property because that's the kind of market this is. But it could be the same if you were looking at apartment buildings or anything else. The concepts are basically the same. And if you're going to have to spend a couple of days cruising around a marketplace, uh, it's pretty fun to do it in a tropical paradise in a boat. And I you know, won't tell you what else goes on down there, but you'll have a good time. And the worst thing that happens if you come on a trip like that uh, is you're going to have you know, three and a half days with Robert Helms in a tropical paradise and the opportunity to learn a lot. And who knows, you may just discover you found a way to put a little paradise in your portfolio. Yeah, good stuff. And I'm going to go right into another question because it's very closely related. Holly in Pingrove, Illinois says, hey, are there any more Belize trips scheduled for this year? So here's the answer. If you go to the website at realestateguysradio.com, under events, you'll see the Belize Discovery Trip 
and we'll have the next one there. And as soon as we do that one, we typically have the date planned for the next one. So we don't put a whole bunch of dates out on the calendar because our calendar is crazy. But uh, since we're in Belize quite a bit anyway, we do this trip three or four times a year and uh, you can check there for the upcoming dates. It's Ask the Guys, your questions and our answers. More after this. You're tuned to the Real Estate Guys radio program. I'm your host, Robert Helms. Need help with your real estate investment portfolio? Check out the resources page at realestateguysradio.com. This portion of the Real Estate Guys radio program is brought to you by International Coffee Farms, where you can own a parcel of land in your very own specialty coffee farm in Panama for as little as $15,000. Here's how it works. Deeded half-acre parcels entitled Specialty Coffee Farms in Boquete, Panama are turnkey managed professionally on your behalf by a team of local experts. Sustainable average income is estimated at 12% and cash flow can begin within 12 to 15 months from the date of your parcel ownership. International Coffee Farms' mission is to own and operate specialty coffee farms that are economically, environmentally, and socially sustainable. As part of this mission, 20% of the gross profits of each farm is committed to a socially sustainable fund to improve the lives of the Panamanian coffee farm workers and their families. International Coffee Farms currently owns and operates nine specialty coffee farms with half-acre parcels available for immediate ownership. To find out how you can become a coffee farm owner in Paquete, Panama, email coffee at realestateguysradio.com. That's coffee at realestateguysradio.com. If you want to retire in the next five years or less through real estate, then please pay close attention. My name is Brad Sumrock, and I've taught thousands of my students how to replace their incomes, quit their jobs, and retire faster than they ever thought possible by not investing in single-family homes. You see, there's a secret to retiring fast with little risk, and it has nothing to do with being a landlord, fixing toilets, or flipping houses. The secret is multifamily apartment buildings. Send an email right now to sumrock at realestateguysradio.com to get the details of my upcoming training event, and you'll also receive my free training webinar, Apartment Investing for Beginners. That's sumrock, S-U-M-R-O-K, at realestateguysradio.com. Memphis is famous for being the home of the king of rock and roll, but it's also the king of cash flow. If you're looking for affordable cash flow properties, it's hard to beat Memphis. Get your portfolio rocking and more cash flowing your way by calling Terry Kerr at Mid-South Home Buyers. Terry's the king of turnkey properties. Contact Terry through the resource section at realestateguysradio.com. And be sure to order Terry's tips for turnkey rental property investing report. It's free. Just send your request to turnkey at realestateguysradio.com. Hi, this is Doug Casey, and you're listening to The Real Estate Guys. Welcome back to The Real Estate Guys radio program. Thanks for tuning into the show. Hey, if you lack clarity in your future and what you want out of life, come on out to Create Your Future. It is our annual goals retreat. Happens the third week of January in beautiful Lake Las Vegas, Nevada. This is the highest rated event we do, and you can be there. Get all the details on the website at realestateguysradio.com. Under events, come out to Create Your Future. Hey, it's Ask the Guys, and we've got lots of good questions from our listeners. This one comes from an old friend of ours, Domingo, in San Anselmo, California. Hey, guys, it's Domingo. I hope you remember me. Well, not only do we remember you, dude, but we miss you. 
Domingo was in our mentoring program in real estate many, many years ago, one of the nicest guys ever, and he's got a great question. He says, hey, I wanted to know what you thought of this private lending platform. He mentions a particular name, but I'm going to leave that out for the purpose of not endorsing any one uh, platform because there's a lot of these. I've opened an account and plan to participate in some of the loans. These are all short-term investor loans. They're 9 to 24 months, and they range from 6.6% to 10% interest. I think things will revert to the mean, and with all the global debt and potential problems ahead, I think there's a strong possibility for things to come down as happened in 2007 and 2008. I think since these are investor loans, they'll be easier to foreclose on. And when liquidity dries up as happened in 2008, this company will continue because their funds come from private parties and not the banking system. Also, real estate will continue, perhaps not homeowners as much as investors, but there will be great opportunity. What do you think of this company and my line of thinking? So we'll talk about those two things separately. First of all, we don't know much about this particular company that you mentioned, which is why I'm leaving their name out of the uh, here. But I will tell you this. There's several of these peer-to-peer lending platforms and a couple that specialize in investor loans. And the whole idea is that individuals, like we were talking about crowdfunding earlier, individuals can come and they can take a portion of a loan. So an investor or someone who needs a loan can go on there and say, hey, here's my property. Here's the loan to value. Here's some disclosures about it. And you can make these loans backed by real estate in some form or fashion. So I I think that uh, that could be an opportunity to diversify across different loan types and so forth. But frankly, Domingo, we don't know enough about this company or many of these companies. We've had a couple of them uh, get involved with some of our uh, seminars and things, but there's not a lot of personal knowledge we have. Uh, But I think we definitely can talk about your thinking here. What do you think of your line of thinking? I think it's It's pretty good. Yeah. So I think there's a couple of things. Lending is lending. So when you're lending, you're you're long the dollar. You're you're betting that when you get paid back, you're going to get paid back with a dollar that's worth as much as when you lent it. Uh, So that's number one. Uh, Number two is that you've got to understand basic underwriting. It's like, how am I going to get paid? What if I don't get paid? What is my recourse? So the idea that, hey, if we have another financial downturn and asset prices collapse or incomes collapse and it's going to be easier to foreclose, you have to ask yourself the most important question. If I end up foreclosing in that kind of environment, what do I get? Is that a property I want? I don't know enough about the way this thing is structured. I mean, do you end up with an individual property? I don't think so. Uh, What they're going to do is they're going to foreclose and then divide up whatever the proceeds are among the people, I guess. So Domingo, I think the thing that is really important for you to do is not get lost in the weeds of the deal, but just look at the basic bones. Understand what you get for what you give and understand that if it doesn't go as planned and the lender needs to foreclose, what do you get? And that's net of whatever fees they charge for getting that to you. And so you just got to look into the fine print on that. One addition I would add, it's not only what you get, it's how is it disposed of? Is the lender totally in charge of doing that? Or do you have a say in what happens? If you remember back in 2008, uh, a lot of markets kind of went no bid. It was very difficult to unload these properties. And the other thing is, is where are they located? Because the foreclosure laws are very, very different. There were some states where they were able to flush that bad inventory out very quickly because the foreclosure laws uh, permitted that to happen. Others, it was just a very tedious process. There are some still haven't been rectified. That's right. There's still a pipeline of properties being foreclosed on all the way back to 2008, 10 years later. And so you need to be very aware of that because don't assume that the laws 
laws, wherever the properties are located, work the same as what you're used to. So without knowing what their portfolio mix are, without knowing what their contract says in terms of what they're going to scoop off for providing the service versus what you really get at the end, uh, I can't really comment on you know whether it's a good or a bad idea, but just kind of go through the idea of what you would want to look at from a decision-making process, things you should be thinking about. I do like the fact that you're thinking about, hey, in a downturn that happens, here's how I could be positioned well. And that's what all our listeners should be thinking about. Let's make all the money we can while the sun is shining, and let's be prepared as possible for when it starts to rain. Great question, Domingo, and great to hear from you, buddy. Hey, here's our last question for the day. This comes from Troy in Mill Creek, Washington. He says, hey, guys, I was referred to you by folks at Tom Hopkins' office. Well, that's awesome. Tommy Hopkins is the most amazing sales trainer, one of our good buddies, and he'll be joining us for the 17th Annual Investor Summit at Sea next year. So come on and hang out with Tommy. He says, I'm looking to get better as a land acquisition real estate agent and also dip my toe into investing in multifamily product. Can you help? Well, those are two very different things, and I think we can give some insight on both. We've not been in the land brokerage business uh, at all, but I'm sure that Bob has some ideas about how you can be better as a land acquisition real estate agent. Agent. And uh, let's t- let's tackle that one first, Bob. Well, there's lots of pieces to this. Uh, first of all, you say that you are a real estate agent, so clearly you have some experience in this game. One of the things we look at when we're trying to buy land is where is it going? If if I'm looking for a piece of land, I can find 500 acres in the forest that might look the same 200 years from now, or I can say where is development going on. Where's the concrete? Where are the Walmarts and the McDonald's and all the people that are going to move and develop something in civilization? In other words, the whole point isn't simply, am I land banking? It's what's the likely outcome and is it going to happen in my lifetime? Yeah, you know, land's interesting. It's one of our favorite investments. It used to be my least favorite investment, but uh, land is not land is not land. You might be looking at land in terms of agriculture, like when we went to the farming expo, which was fascinating. You might be looking at land in terms of providing opportunities for developers. And then there's folks that do land where they acquire that 500 acres or 100 acres or five acres and then subdivide it and do some of the entitlements and some of the work into the basic structure, but don't ever build anything. sell to builders. So there's lots of different things. I think in terms of brokerage, there's two things about any specialty of brokerage, whether it's single family house, apartments, retail, or or land. And that is the Pareto principle, the 80-20 rule. 80% of the real estate in any niche is sold by 20% of the agents. Your mission is to become that 20%. Be one of the folks that does the most. And you do that by getting really well educated, by having outstanding product knowledge and through relationships. This is a relationship business and brokerage more so than any other part of real estate. Yeah, that's going to be my two cents. You know, I kind of fancy myself a strategic guy. And what I do when I'm trying to penetrate a niche that I've not been in, uh, I look for who the big players are. I look who the influencers are. I look where they congregate. And I try to figure out how can I get in a room with them and find out what concepts, what topics they're interested in so I can begin to speak the language, so I can begin to associate 
associate with the people that are highly respected in the space. I think the main thing to ask yourself if you're going to be in the agent capacity is who is my customer? Who am I there to serve? If you understand their needs and then you can go find land that meets their needs, you're going to have a basis to do some good business. Now, you also asked about multifamily investing. And uh, just a couple weeks ago, we were at the National Conference for uh, Multifamily with Brad Sumrock. Uh, He's become a a good friend and he's an amazing trainer. So we've got uh, four or five guys that specialize in multifamily training who regularly come on our Investor Summit. So the way to really embrace this area, come on the summit and meet all these guys. But the short answer is Brad Sumrock does a training three times a year. It's a two-day training. It's inexpensive. It happens in Dallas, Texas. And you get all the details by sending an email to Sumrock. That's S-U-M-R-O-K, not S-O-M-E. S-U-M-R-O-K, Sumrock at realestateguysradio.com. You can learn about uh, his training. That's a great start into multifamily. And there, you meet a lot of other folks. There's uh, different providers and lenders and title people and all, all the folks necessary to get into multifamily space. It's a great space to get into. It's very competitive, but that's why you need to get educated. Hey, awesome questions today. Thanks so much. If you've got a question for the Real Estate Guys we didn't get to, send it to us. Go to the website at realestateguysradio.com and click Ask the Guys. Until next week, go out and make some equity happen. This episode of the Real Estate Guys radio show is brought to you by Paradigm Life. Powerful cash management strategies using life insurance. Learn more at beyourbank.com. Mid-South Home Buyers, low-cost, turnkey cash flow properties in Memphis, Tennessee. Corporate Direct, asset protection strategies for real estate investors from attorney and rich dad advisor Garrett Sutton. Find these and other great companies under the Resources tab at realestateguysradio.com. To learn how you can expose your product or service to the Real Estate Guys audience, call 888-489-7723, extension 4. That's 888-489-7723, extension 4. Or use the feedback page at realestateguysradio.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week right here on the Real Estate Guys Radio Show.